everybody, and this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Exciting show for everybody today. We're going to do something just a little bit different. So we're going to talk about Jurassic, Jurassic World Dominion. The third one in this trilogy is coming out this summer. So we wanted to talk about these. But instead of doing an episode for each movie, we're going to, we're going to talk about Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom kind of as one big event in this episode. We did with the MCU episode we yeah, did a few yeah. years back. And I'll, and I'll, you know, just to jump right into it. I'll be honest, I'm kind of glad because I, that second one doesn't leave me a lot to to talk on, I felt. So I'm glad we're doing this as one and we will mm -hmm. talk about that as we go along. So, oh gosh, I had it pulled up. Uh, when did Jurassic World You can do it. 2015. 2015. And the second one came out in 2018. Er, That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's so, right. Yeah. It's been going on for a little while now. This rebooted the Jurassic Park franchise, this time putting Chris Pratt in the lead role, along with Bryce Dallas Howard. Really, they are the two mains. You got yeah. B.D. Wong returning from the originals. You got a new batch of kids, because no Jurassic blank movie is complete without some lost kids. Yes. For some reason. I don't know why that always mm -hmm. has to be a thing. But Gotta have some lost kids. It, it heightens the danger. Everyone is worried when kids are in danger. So the setup is basically, you know, we have moved on from Dr. Hammond and his failed Jurassic Park experiment. We have fixed everything. We have a state-of-the-art, gigantic island-sized park, Jurassic World, that mm. is successful. It is open. People are there and having fun. But they just went a little too far, like they always do. Build a Both brand new dinosaur that wrecks havoc, yada. What do you guys think? What do we think of these movies? I'll lead off. Sure. If that's okay. Because I yeah. do want to say that I'm probably the wrong person to review these movies, really. Because I like Lost World and I like Jurassic Park 3. I don't think they're necessarily as good as Jurassic Park, the first movie. But I like both of those sequels that they had in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And I got to say, I like both of these two. I'm just that guy. I don't really consider myself to be a big, like Jurassic Park, I wouldn't put in, if I had like a tier list of franchises, I wouldn't put Jurassic Park like overly high. But every time I sit down to watch one of these, those dinosaurs start moving around. I don't know. I mean, I it's a good know. thing Nothing you said that because for our video audience, you're wearing Jurassic Park shirt. You look I like am. the mega fan. I do look like the mega fan. I wish I knew more. There's a great YouTube account called, I think it's the guy's actual name, Bill the K Fiori or something like that. And he is, he does great videos where he talks about the lore from the books, the movies. He talk, he kind of tries to work to clear up inconsistencies from uh, movie to movie that people uh, always talk about. It's really interesting stuff. Anyway, I can't identify various dinosaurs. I just know that uh, Jurassic Park, I think, is one of the more interesting franchises out there because from the first film to Jurassic World, there's always been this real struggle with the movies of it wants to be, it wants you to have like awe and wonder for the amazingness of these creatures, but also be a horror movie, right? Hmm. Like they want you to be like, wow, whenever a big, you know, uh, you know, Brachiosaurus steps out into a ravine and you're like, wow, da da da. But then, you know, 40 minutes later, it's terror. And so as a kid, it was very like, you know, it was very scary and it was very so. But Jurassic World, I actually really like it. I feel like it moves the story into a very modern sense. There's a bit more of an action thriller pace, especially the first Jurassic World, because it's basically after the Indominus Rex gets loose, it's like a hunt. 
and it's hunting them and they're trying to they're trying to figure the Jurassic Park movies have always been this sort of modern Frankenstein story about the hubris of man and the technology that we wield and whether or not we wield it intelligently or whether or not we wield it uh, foolishly. And so I've always really dug that element. Of, and I think this movie continues to just do what the movie's always meant to do, which is prove Dr. Grant and Dr. Mal and uh, Dr. Sadler correct that this was a bad idea and you shouldn't have done it, but they keep doing it anyway. And along the way, we get some fun stories. So anyway, I really like Jurassic World, the first one especially. Yeah, Jurassic World really excited, I think, a lot of people because it was a franchise I think people had always wanted to come back but uh, weren't sure. And then you had Chris Pratt and he was everybody's like action megastar. You wanted him in your Jurassic Worlds. He was in your Guardians. He was your Marvel. You wanted him to be the next Indiana Jones. At this point in time, he was peak action adventure, Chris Pratt. And so that was exciting. And David, you mentioned the, the balance of magnificence and horror. And that's because dinosaurs are both. They are equally both. They are even the uh, Brachiosauruses terrifying if you saw a brachiosaurus you wouldn't go oh it's herbivore it's not gonna kill me no you'd still be scared because it could step on you it could easily do anything and so the whole premise is both magnificent and terrifying and it, and it does a good job of giving you this the main problem that i have throughout this whole franchise is that it, people wouldn't get tired of the dinosaurs you, you gotta look yeah. at how accessible is the island not very how expensive is it to get there a lot and so your clientele is going to be small and it's not going to be everybody. So not everybody is going to be like, oh, thank you, board. So the idea of having to go bigger and scarier for the island's sake, just from that, like nitpicking the story, because I have to nitpick because of how much I enjoy this movie. And it does, it brings you back to that first one. It is, it, it advances that story and modernizes it. And, and it doesn't really rely too much on the initial. It kind of sets up its own, it calls back. But it establishes itself with new characters in a way that is a good callback and directional forward. So I, the first one, I, I mean, they came out of the box and hit a home run as far as I'm concerned. But you, Josh. Yeah, I really like the first one. It's it's a lot of fun, and it does modernize it in a lot of ways. It What I really enjoy is that this is the first time we get to see the, the park open and see what exhibits look like and see how people interact with it. You know, in Jurassic Park... The park isn't fully open yet, and it never gets a chance to. And then the other sequels are just kind of what they are. But seeing the park open and like a full-blown Universal Studios looking thing is really cool. And that is something different and something unique and something that I was always curious about. So I love that part. And I think the, I like the cast, too, in this one. One thing I have to do with the Jurassic Park and the Jurassic World series is kind of suspend a little bit of disbelief in terms of how the world and society works. Cause there are a lot of things that I just don't think would happen. Like what Garrett just said. I don't think people would get tired of the dinosaurs to the point where they'd need to create new ones. I mean, yeah. I compared it to a zoo and zoos aren't out there trying to create new species because people are bored with animals we already have. Uh, yeah. And I kind of feel like it'd be the same, but. Because it exists in this world, I'm okay with it because he, man is always too tempted to create more dinosaurs once they start. So that's Absolutely. fine. And then Go ahead. I'm going to jump to the end real quick before I forget this other nitpick. Truthfully, Bryce Ellis Howard's character should be in prison. <laughs> yeah, She should be in prison. I put it in my letterbox review. She shouldn't even be in the second one because 
She's responsible for the Indominus Rex. She's responsible for Jurassic World as a whole at the end of the day. And she should have consequences. And that's all yeah, I'll yeah. say about that part. <laughs> but, but, but when do heads of companies exactly? And that's where I suspended. Like, really, she just walked out of there scot free, and everybody where, died. Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's where your suspension is met with reality again. You're exactly. like, oh, but they, they never really get done. They just exactly. shuffle the papers like, around. You know, shuffle things around. I gotta say, there's a no the, one. There's no consequences for the number of deaths that occurred on Jurassic World. I was trying to keep count after I was like up to seven or eight, and then I I lost track for a minute. And I was like, oh, I now I've forgotten the body count. I'm sure we could look yeah. up. What the body count was is for high, Jurassic I'm World. Sure. The dinosaurs are cool. Yeah. They were great to see again. They upped the ante a little bit in terms of some of those action sequences. I felt like they didn't just copy the same stuff they did in Jurassic Park. It was scary in new ways. So I appreciated that. I think what what really made the dinosaurs, particularly the Indominus Rex, a better threat is the intelligence factor. Having that animal be way too smart was a really cool idea, and I like that. And it almost gives me chills when they realize that the dinosaur tore out its own tracking device just to prevent, like, that's freaky. Very so smart. I like that. It's really good. Chris Pratt is peak action star at this. He's a little more of just kind of a dad now, which is no offense to dads, David, but he's not Mr. Action anymore. But So it was nice to see him at in his glory days. Yes, you know, and it was... He's kind of, a, he's very 90s. I feel like he's very much a throwback to a more classic super, a superhero, bit. but a more classic action, action yeah. hero because he has a lot of those, in both of these movies, he has a lot of those lines where he's like, it's part raptor, or he'll be like, they shouldn't have done it. It'd be like very dramatic lines. That you were, I think in the second one, the volcano's about to go off, someone's like, man, it's hot here. And he looks over and he goes, it's about to get a lot hotter. It's all very like traditional action star type stuff. The cast is great here. I think one of the one of the smart things that they did was they didn't treat it as though nothing has happened between the last two movies or between the last films because there's been this development of the first. So something they really harp on in the first three movies is the raptors are fairly intelligent. And so over that course of time, what do they do? They've been working with trying to understand raptors and see if they can be trained and to the very least to not be as hostile towards people. But I think that's a really interesting idea. I know that it was much uh, laughed at when the first trailer for this movie came out. And there was a shot of Chris Pratt riding a motorcycle with raptors. But I think it's a cool idea. And I got to say, as someone who from 2002-ish to 2015 was hoping for a Jurassic Park 4 and heard a lot of the rumors for what they were thinking about, we dodged some bullets with some of the stupid ideas they had. I'm talking human-raptor hybrids. I'm talking about weird dinosaurs paradropping into foreign countries with rocket, with, with rocket launchers on their backs. Some weird stuff that they were th we were thinking about. But I, like I do want to say, I think, I wonder if there's kind of an element of a meta story with dinosaurs not being interesting anymore. Like in reality, Jurassic Park two and three didn't do as well as the first Jurassic Park movie. And so it took so long to get a giraffe fourth Jurassic Park film made that maybe there's an element of in reality, a dinosaur on screen isn't quite the spectacle it used to be because, because you know, it's been done. And now you've got crazy, you've got superheroes flying around left and right. You've got Star Wars and you've got all these incredible films that can be made. What do you do with Jurassic Park to make a dinosaur interesting again? And I think that they found a pretty good uh, story to do that by having the park actually open by using some of the, you know, the iconography of the first few films and then also adding in some big name celebrities and Going where the series, I think, always was intended to go, which is that 
it was never going to be enough to just create dinosaurs. We have the ability to create whole new creatures, you know? So I think that's, I think that's a pretty cool way to do it. Yeah. I think this one, like I said, did a really good job of moving everything in a logical advanced step forward. The next logical step, once you create these things and you have seen them and that you can have them and, and, and have this park, even though it wasn't successful, you proved the science. And so the next step is to be able to, can you control, can you train them? Can you control them? Can you figure them out? That's what we've always done. The next logical pr progression of the park is okay. We've got the safety in order. We know how dangerous it is. It, it, the only logical progression was for the park to be open and that be the, the case that they're in. It doesn't matter who the kids are, they, they did great. That element was a good driver of all of those things. You get to be a part of that park too and be a, a fan and someone who's riding these rides and seeing this and experience. And that's what we wanted as fans too. We want to see the park. We want to be a part of this thing that we know we can never really have, but what if we could, you know, and then you know, unless anybody else has something to say, we can look at the second one and start bringing that one in where well, I feel like it deviates a little bit. I, I'll just tease it there if anybody else I, wants to go back. To I, I, I do want to talk about one last thing for this movie, though, is what a fantastic final few moments where you have this uh, one take shot of the Indominus Rex fighting the T-Rex with Blue the Raptor also jumping from back to back, cutting into him. And it's all one take. And Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and the kids, they are like dodging, you know, wreckage as it comes in and moving along. And then, you know, it's such, I, I remember in the movie theater, just being like in the back of my seat, just like, cause it was just like, it was all the dinosaur action that you, that you would want. And then the Mosasaurus coming up at the end when yeah. dragging the, the, the bad guy to the depths, such a cool final shot. And then blue and, and, and Rexy, they just go. Separate ways. That's Respect. Cool. It Tag was two champions cool. at one point in time. And I want to give an honorable mention to Jake Johnson playing yes. the avatar of uh, the Jurassic Park superfan, who is a, f a big fan of the original park in the yeah. movie, and I think also speaks for fans watching the movie. That was just fun for to see him. I know he, he was a character. He Nick Miller in all things he does. I, I really wish that they had brought that character back because <laughs> he does seem like he seemed like he had they could have used him. Let that guy I run agree. Jurassic Park. Yeah. World. And if you want to, we can move on to the next one. I'm, I'm I, I I'll think say, I, I'll say box office for both at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that makes sense. So this is where Fallen Kingdom is where I get, they lose me. They lost me quite a bit in this one. Losing um, the first hour and the second hour. The second for sure. And okay. I think it was because the first hour wasn't fleshed out enough for me. You know, we start sometime later. I don't remember how long it was, but at least a couple few years, I think. And they're trying to figure out what to do with the dinosaurs who are left on the uh, on the island because a volcanic eruption is imminent and there's a debate over whether or not the dinosaurs should be left to die or should be saved. And we get a great a cameo from Goldblum, uh, his Dr. Ian Malcolm character, who mm. argues that this is simply the universe correcting man's mistake which I thought was a great moment and a great line from him. And then basically telling the Senate that God was not involved in this. And this is the universe correcting what we did wrong. And I like that aspect. And then it felt like all of a sudden we saved the dinosaurs and now we've moved on to this B plot with an underground group of billionaires trying to buy dinosaurs. And that's where Which, I was like, I don't like this anymore. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Josh. In yep. 2018, it seemed like a ridiculous idea. In 2022, we got billionaires racing each other to space, trying hey. to buy free speech. 
I honestly feel like it's more relatable now than it ever has been. I'm not saying it wasn't relatable or good. I'm saying that that's a different movie. I want yeah, the movie yeah. to be about saving the dinosaurs from the volcano, yeah. and that was such a small part. Like they took that two the great half. movie ideas and put it in yeah. one movie. Yeah, they, that was the first half was them getting the dinosaurs off. One of the second, in the whole movie, probably the second saddest death of a long neck in cinema. Um, <laughs> I said, "Is <laughs> Littlefoot's mom?" I said it. <laughs> That's what exactly what I was going for too. You know, the first half is really it is more of that adventure, and it is more of that. Hey, let's try to figure this out. They go to get Blue, which I wanted to say this too. I love Blue the Raptor. They have they never in the first three movies really went out of their way to try to make one of the dinosaurs a character. But here with these two and going into the third one, they've done that. They've taken one of the dinosaurs and made them a character in the story. Blue, this raptor that really has a bond with Chris Pratt's Owen character. And so I really like that aspect of it and going and getting blue. It is, you know, there's a lot of tension when they're on the boat and they're trying to get the blood from the T-Rex and all that. The second half of the movie. Bad. I don't know if it's bad for me. It's not. Bad. It's weird. It does turn into it's knives out mixed with the dinosaur monster movie, but it is it's it is continuing the same ideas. It's this idea that you know they they keep B.D. Wong's character and that's the right name B.D. Wong to keep him in. He's still involved in this. He's still trying to create new creatures. He's still a man. And uh, they get you know a discount Ryan Reynolds to lead this bad guy thing, which he's that's the thing is like he's too underdeveloped as a bad guy. I think. I kind of like the stuff with the idea that like John Hammond had a friend who went too far because he, spoiler alert, cloned his daughter after she died and was raising a clone daughter. I think that as far as if the whole point of this series is about, you know, how genetic modification is this uh, 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 technology that's being sort of handled recklessly. I feel like that's a natural extension of that. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm interested to see where that goes in Jurassic World Dominion. But yeah, and then, you know, the ending is kind of like it's a dinosaur in a haunted, in a haunted house. So that's elements. It, it is very much the lost world, though. If the first movie is taking a lot of cues from the fir from Jurassic Park, Fallen Kingdom takes a lot of cues from the lost world where you have a T-Rex rampaging through San Diego. And people thought that was a little silly. And this is a little silly, but I'm kind of like, I don't know. It's no sillier than a T-Rex rampaging through San Diego for me. I have no problem believing that a billionaire boys club wanting to militarize dinosaurs is a thing that is happening. I have no problem believing that is a thing that would happen. What I have a problem with is that you had a really good opportunity for a good movie. Have a built-in story of a volcano that's about to explode. You have the beginning of the movie of people debating whether or not they should be staying. You set up in the previous movie all the military stuff. You have B.D. Wong's character come back, and the military is trying to get these dinosaurs off of the island for military purposes. You have the trial debating the existence of these dinosaurs, and you have the original cast getting the going to the dinosaurs to try to save them. You have all of that built in. You don't need the billionaire boys club, which is just ridiculous. You don't need the clone of the woman, of the, the girl either. I don't care about Yes, it is a logical progression of what they would do when they have that technology. But for this story, I don't give a shit. I care about the dinosaurs. I don't care about oh. that story at all. They had an opportunity to have more Jeff Goldblum and they missed it. Put him in there and have him be the court driver of that debating with all of this stuff. And that is a much better movie in my mind than what we got. Because that second half, I absolutely do not pay attention. 
I don't know what happened. Couldn't tell you what happened. I'm glad you two went first. I, I, I kind of, I don't mind it. I really am interested to see what this plan is because I think because the director... The, the, I'm sorry, Dave. The next logical progression is still the dinosaurs getting off the island and humans and dinosaurs living together. So you still set that up. You mm. just don't have that crappy storyline of the billionaire boys club. I, you know, and that's the thing is, I found that to be real. I mean, it's an interesting way to try to introduce the Indoraptor, which I think is that's what they where they wanted to do. Was but that's the militarized part that Wong can do. Yeah. You put him with the military aspect, yeah. and he's created this thing. But and you, and then you free those dinosaurs, and that one's running loose, and that third one. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could have skipped that part, but I think that they wanted. Easily. I don't know. I I find for whatever reason it doesn't really bother me, and I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm not very good at criticizing these movies that well. But I, I don't yeah, know. It's, yeah. it's like Jurassic Park 3, you know, and I, I like that one for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. It's all about, like we said, it's all about people thinking they can control this idea. It's hard to say what the exact, for me anyway, it's hard to say what the exact metaphor is here because is the metaphor, the climate is the metaphor, you know, something even more uh, nebulous than that where this idea that humanity can control nature, that we can play God is very, it, that's, it's constantly trying to beat you over the head with that. And here's more people put in a room thinking like, oh, I'm rich enough that I can take care. I can uh, do what I will, you know. And a lot of those people get it. A lot of those people get it, which is nice. That's where you could have had more opportunity for Malcolm in that courtroom driver because he is a perfectly logical person to bring up. We created dinosaurs. What's the next step? Creating humans. I'm I'm, honestly That is... He is the one that can do that. Like you just let him say yeah. all of this stuff because he has always been the logical person behind this. And he can yeah. drive everything that you need and, and you get more Goldblum. I'm surprised, honestly, Goldblum did this, to be honest, because yeah. I, it's funny that he came back for the second movie and the other two didn't. And then they came back for the third movie and he didn't come back for that one. And then none of them were really in. I mean, you can see his book. You can see Malcolm's book in Jurassic Park, in Jurassic World 1. But none of them came back for that one. Here we go. Goldblum's back for a nice cameo. And then now they're all back, apparently, for the third one. So it's really kind of like crazy how they all wanted to distance themselves at times from this franchise, but like almost never at the same time. And uh, Goldblum gonna reach and the one? Did he trip. come back for the yes. third one then? Okay. Goldblum and Grant or, and oh, uh, Sam Neill and, oh, shoot. Oh, yeah, because Laura you, you, you Goldblum in the second one, you set up Grant and in the third one to come back in as the, the one who's yeah. trying to argue. For, like, it... I, Oh, I'm so very, mad the more I think about it. It's very excited so to see. I'm very excited to see how they get those three all wrangled back together because, you know, they were put together kind of more or less by, by chance in the first movie. And, uh, you know, they learned to like each other through survival, but they weren't really big fans of each other, you know. So, so that'll be interesting. I'm very curious to see where this, what the role of this cloned girl is because obviously they wouldn't have put it in the movie what Colin Trevorrow, who's directed these movies, seems like he's had an idea for what he wanted to do. And I don't know if he's drawing this from other like Michael Crichton books or if there's some uh, inclination he has from something else. But like he wouldn't have put this idea in, in the second movie if he didn't have some kind of goal with it for the third one. So I'm very interested to see how that pans out. I like James Cromwell in this movie. I'll take that for concrete special, anything. There's a special feature on the second one where they specifically say that this movie is set up to be the second one in a trilogy. So they mm-hmm. are I, I, like, this is why I'm still not turned as bad as I think this movie is. I'm not turned off by the franchise because I know that something's coming and I'm interested by the idea that it's still set up in the end. So there's still a chance, but 
I don't know. Yes, this was designed do we want to, to be a Do we want to go ahead and do our ratings before we get into the box office? Yeah, sure. We can do that. Uh, Jurassic World is four stars for mm -hmm. me. And Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is two. I have no problems with Jurassic World. I'm going to give it a five in my mind right now because, like, I got no problems with it. And then, yeah, a big two for Fallen Kingdom. And that very similar for me. I'm a four and a half for Jurassic World. And then I'm a three and a half for Fallen Kingdom. Okay. Sorry, okay. not sorry. <laughs> I like I, I, I like the haunted house. But anyway, looking at the box office stats real quick before we go to the letterbox game. Jurassic World. Honestly, these last two movies were mega stars. Jurassic World debuted the weekend of June 12th, 2015, and broke the record that weekend for the largest opening weekend of all time. It brought in $208.8 million, which knocked off The Avengers, which had previously it. held the record at 207. Huge movie. Yeah. Number two that weekend was Spy, I think starring Melissa McCarthy. And then you had San Andreas, Insidious Chapter 3, and Pitch Perfect 2. A little detail that I always like to sprinkle in is that in its second weekend out, a Jurassic World dropped 49% to $106 million. It was still the number one movie. Inside Out, the Pixar film debuted that weekend, and it debuted that week to $90.4 million. It's the highest grossing weekend for a movie that didn't finish in the number one spot. Jurassic World's drop-off, even though it was 50%, was still so high. That it, like that was a mega weekend at the box office. Two movies almost made a hundred million dollars. Anyway, crazy, huge. Now Jurassic World would go on to get knocked off of that opening weekend record several times. It's now the sixth highest opening weekend behind. It didn't even get it for a full year because Force Awakens knocked it off by the by that December. Uh, then it was passed up by Infinity War, No Way Home, and respectively. Jurassic World, uh, the first one, would go on to make six hundred fifty-two million dollars in the U.S., a billion dollars overseas for a grand total of. $1.6 billion worldwide. Holy was, balls. It's yeah. a lot of money. It is the, hang on. It is the a seventh highest grossing worldwide movie of all time. A Jurassic World. Well, let me see here. I had one other thing I wanted to read about that. I don't know where it finished in the 2015. Let's just say it finished really high. And then in 2018, Jurassic World would debut the weekend of June 22nd, 2018. Number one spot, $148 million opening weekend. Also, Pretty huge. Not obviously not 208 million huge, but it's on the list of highest opening weekends. It would knock Incredibles 2 out of the top spot, which came in at 80 million that weekend. Oceans 8 was at number three. Tag was at number four. And Deadpool 2 was at number five. You can hear our review of uh, Oceans 8 at the very least right now. And you should. And you should. It's Go pretty, listen to it's pretty good. Listen. I like Oceans 8. Ocean's I'm still waiting for Ocean's 9. A Fallen Kingdom would go on to do uh, a little less than Jurassic World, but still, I mean, pretty good. Domestic run was $417 million. International was $890 million for a worldwide total of $1.3 billion. It is the 14th. <laughs> it is, oh, I'm sorry. It is the 16th highest grossing movie of all time on the worldwide charts. So, and I think it was the... Uh, I think I had this. Yeah, it was the number four movie of 28. Going back to Jurassic World real quick, that was the number two movie of 2015, just behind Star Wars The Force Awakens. So that is your Jurassic. I mean, you know, one day we'll do the Jurassic Park series. We'll get into those. But it's one of the more successful franchises of all time. And these last two movies have really risen the Jurassic Park franchise in terms of box office. They've always been. Well, no, they haven't. The first one has always been critically beloved. And as a franchise on, on a whole, franchise i think is well loved but the uh, first one is so good that it alone 
can stand as the franchise. I think that the I think the things that that movie accomplished and did as a feat alone, the uh, the rest of the movies could be terrible, and Jurassic Park will always stand successful franchise. And yes, I because... would agree that Jurassic World also like really helped with that, and I am very intrigued to see how they tie this together. Because I think kind of in in the same way that we talked about Lord of the Rings, Jurassic Park was a perfect culmination of artistic work and production work. Like it was the most advanced stuff people had seen at that point. It really pushed the boundaries of what you can do. Half of the things that you can go back and look at like the CG age, the 90s dinosaurs of the original ones still look amazing. Oh, it still do. And you know, all the, all the animatronics and the, you know, puppets. And all that stuff. It's great suspense. And this movie, these two movies, I think, do an okay job of continuing that legacy. But obviously, it's hard to compete. Yep. Anyway, let's move on to the letterbox game. Yeah, let's do it. So we've already gone over our scores. I've got them pulled up here. Haven't seen them myself. So let's guess what the letterbox community has rated both of these movies. We'll start with Jurassic World. Any guesses? Any first takers? Garrett, I'll let you go. Dun, 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 I usually jump in first. 3.9. I'm going to guess Jurassic World is like a 3.6. Where's that going to put me? I, I mean, I do think it's probably in that range. I guess I'll undercut David by one and go 3.5 just in case it is lower. Because I don't, I don't know. But... The Jurassic War or the Letterbox community has ooh, oh has rated Jurassic World an even three point oh. Oh wow! Wow, I'm kind of surprised because I am a lot too. Of, I thought there was a lot of love for this one. I I thought so as well. Maybe well, not. Maybe we say that three is good. We're just surprised it's higher. But 3.0 yeah. is really good still. But I mean, the yeah. gulf on Letterboxd, the gulf between 3.0 and 3.5 can be a yeah. lot of movies. And it's not, you know, not to toot our own horns, but it's not common that we're that off. No. We, we usually get pretty close. Those are falling Maybe we're just bigger fans than we think. Maybe. Okay. Knowing that, <laughs> what do you guys think Ugh. Fallen Kingdom's going to be? 2.2. Okay. I'll say... <laughs> 2.5. Okay. Man, going last does not leave you with a lot of options. Uh, I will go with a 2.4. Go. I'll, between... go I'll, I'll go in the middle. So the Litterbox community has rated Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Okay, we have a winner who is much closer this time. They rated it a 2.6. Wow. Um, yeah, just a, well, just a, just a little bit lower. I, it's funny. It's interesting. They're not that far off from each other is what that means. Really? If the first one's, if the first one collectively agreed upon is a three and the second one's a 2.6, they're not that far off, are they? That's pretty consistent. Not terribly far off. No. Yeah. I'm very surprised. What, uh, you got, uh, you, you got the ability to filter all of the parks real quick, Judge? Sure. Or does that? I'm just curious. We only we, have a few minutes left, but I'm just, curious where it's, where they all stand. So Jurassic Park. We won't remember by the time we review probably. the actual franchise. And Jurassic Park is sitting at a cool 4.1. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 4.1, that's that the main zone. Yeah. The Lost World. Probably 3.5. Is a 3.1. Okay. All right. That hurts. <laughs> Jurassic um, Park 3 is going to be like in the twos. And Jurassic Park 3 
is a 2.7. Harsh. Mm. Now I thought Fallen Kingdom was it was a little better than three, so whatever. I don't even have memories of three to make that call right now. We made Macy, baby. So much more fun than people give it credit for. Yeah. It is not, it's not terrible. Go in, just go in expecting to have fun. That's it. All right. That's our show. We will be back with Jurassic World Dominion later in the summer. So subscribe now in your favorite podcasting app to get that. Go to so many sequels.com and you'll find all of our links there as well as past episodes. See you soon.